What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Billy D's podcast. I am absolutely thrilled that you are here. If this is your first time here, uh, first of all, welcome. We are primarily an interview and a commentary podcast. You can find the Billy D's podcast pretty much anywhere podcasts are found, including Apple. Let me try that again. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on down the line. We're on all of them, even the uh, even the ones I can't pronounce. On the studio line with me right now is Gigi Langer. Gigi, welcome to the program. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, Gigi has been on the program before. I'm going to cover a little bit of the ground that I did with her before, only because we have to presume there's a lot of people that uh, didn't uh, catch the original one. How long has it been now? Has it been about a year or two? Probably probably a little while since you've been on. Yeah. Ar- around there. Yeah, yeah. Around there somewhere. Um, Gigi is the author of a new book, Love More Now, Facing Life's Challenges with an Open Heart. And uh, uh, Gigi has been on the program before. The other book was called 50 Ways to Worry Less Now. And in regard to her new book, um, Love More Now, learn how to dissolve the negative beliefs restricting love for yourself and others. With your true self liberated, you will be able to handle difficult relationships and other challenges with wisdom, strength, and serenity. Gigi Langer, author of the award-winning 50 Ways to Worry Less Now, which I already mentioned, illustrates how she overcame alcoholism, codependency, and trauma to discover the love at her center. Drawing on ideas from A Course in Miracles, The 12 Steps, and Positive Psychology, Gigi shows you how to become a loving, open-hearted person with firm boundaries. And that's probably something that's very important and something that uh, she will talk about. Uh, Before we get on to the new book, um, as I mentioned, you've been on the program before. 50 Ways to Worry Less Now. How did that uh, that do? Did did that fulfill your hopes in terms of its circulation? Or how how do you feel about what uh, was was the first book in your mind a success? Oh, yeah, I was really grateful that it got a um, National Indie Excellence Award and a lot of really good reviews from important reviewers and people whose work I admire. And it's got really good ratings on Amazon. And uh, I've sold probably a lot more from my own uh, store of books. So I've been sending them out autographed copies ordered on my website. So there's probably a lot more out there than what would show on Amazon. But um, yeah, I'm very happy with it. A lot of one therapist I know uses it as a reference book because or people who are working if they're in the 12 steps, it's not just for recovery, but Mm -hmm. it includes some of those tools. So yeah, it's doing really well. And people have been very positive. That is absolutely fantastic. Now, this is something that uh, covers the area, I guess, of self-care. 
which is an area that we hear a lot about. It's kind of like a buzzword, you know, got to take care of yourself. And there's all the, all the uh, cliches about being on an airplane and the, the oxygen comes down and you got to put it on yourself before you put it on anybody else. But it's actually, um, it's something that people should take seriously, right? I mean, you have to be content and at peace with yourself before you can handle other challenges. Would you say that's correct? That's true. And that is the challenge to find that peace within yourself. Very, very, uh, it can be elusive if you're stuck in some negative patterns. It's hard to recognize it when you're in those patterns. Um, you know, that's it, that's the thing. Uh, it, it's kind of like being in a bad dream. A lot of times, you know, you're in the bad dream. And there's a lot of times when you don't realize it. And uh, it's hard for people to step outside themselves and say, okay, I need help. And one of the ways that you can stay healthy, I'm, I'm a big believer in that worry can be very destructive. You know, it can, it, it can tear your emotions down and it can have a physical impact on you. So if you haven't had a chance yet, I would say that uh, check out the book, 50 Ways to Worry Less Now. Of course, that's from our author, Gigi Langer, PhD. Now, where are you from now? Where, 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 where am I speaking to you from? <laughs> well, we've moved from Michigan to Florida. And oh. uh, so we're, we're in Southwest Florida. And by the grace of God, we were not affected by the hurricane. So oh. I'm very grateful for that. But some of our good friends and relatives were. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Florida seems to be like a happening place now. One of my good <laughs> friends uh, is down there and uh, he's enjoying it. So that, that that is absolutely fantastic. Is the community down there that I would say is around uh, recovery and mental health? How, how, is that, uh, how is that culture down there as opposed to Michigan? Oh, it's thriving down here. There are lots of 12-step meetings, um, a lot of people interested in alternative healing, meditation, other modes of uh, personal growth. So I would say, yeah, it's been a, I find a lot of like-minded people here. So that's great. (laughs) That's good. That's good. And another thing that I always mention when we talk about anything to do with mental health is, is stigma. Because stigma can be one of those things that prevents people from from getting uh, help. This is especially in regard to mental health because people feel, unlike a physical ailment, they feel that it is a weakness when they are, you know, uh, emotionally hurting of some uh, of some kind. In your own recovery and uh, in in all the research that you've done, how big of a problem is stigma when it comes to these things? I think it's the biggest problem to the person themselves. Yeah. When I was facing my third divorce and having so many crash and burn moments in my life, I had the stigma against myself. I was somewhere at the base of me, a really bad person. Otherwise, why were all these things happening to me? So that was a blockage to looking inside myself. And I think a lot of people are have a concern about going into therapy or recovery yeah. because if I thought if I ripped that bandaid off, all the ugly would come flowing out at once and overwhelm me. And I was afraid I would find only bad things in there. But the truth is that once we get honest with ourselves and start growing, there is this true self, the open hearted being and a source of wisdom inside of us. That's always been there, I believe, and will continue just a matter of opening it up. Yeah. 
Speaking of opening it up as a good uh, segue, getting into the book, Love More Now, Life's Face, excuse me, Love More Now, Face Life's Challenges with an Open Heart. And sometimes that can be difficult. We hear so many people, the old cliche here again, here's another cliche. I got a wall up. I got a wall up, you know. How many times have we heard that? What are some of the obstacles that people have when it comes to that? Is 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 there any... What's the balance between having a wall up that you can't get out of as much as anybody else can't get in and just being a cautious person? What's How does one strike that balance? That's a really good question. Well, I love that you brought up the wall because one of the images in the first chapter, I have the worry, the, the closed-hearted person with yeah. an image, and there's a heart in the middle of them, and you can see a little brick wall in front of it. And then you see these clouds around their head of all the worries and negative thinking that's blocking the love from coming in. So -hmm. they really can get very love going out. And then the open-hearted person, of course, has the heart open and the love's coming in and the love is able to go out. So the blockages, the whole book is about how, what the blockages are Mm -hmm. and how to dissolve them. So I don't know if you want me to start into what some of those yeah, are. Yeah, absolutely. Give, give us an overview of some of the things sure. that you're talking about, because I believe that's central to this, because a lot of people, that's their problem. You know, they're, they're, uh, sometimes I don't know if it's an excuse or if they really believe it, but you hear that people say, oh, I'm afraid of getting hurt and all those things that you hear people say about not getting into a relationship. These are all common, common things. So absolutely review a few. Right, right. So, you know, you kind of know if your heart's closed, if you're having a lot of work difficulties, worries, anxiety, failed relationships, substance abuse, et cetera, et cetera. You know, life just isn't working. Um, And so the first thing I do is start saying, well, where did these things come from? Well, of course, we all know about the family of origin influences. And it turns out that it's not just alcoholism in those families, but it's um, anything that would break apart the family family dynamic so that the individual does not have his needs met or her Mm -hmm. needs met. So it could be, obviously, the alcoholic, everyone's worried about them, the kids don't get the attention, but it could be uh, spousal abuse. You know, that sucks up all the energy in the room and the kids are left Mm -hmm. there going, whoa, special needs sibling, you know, that, Mm. that, that sibling that's sucking up all the attention and you're off on the side, money troubles. So there's all kinds of things, but the basic thing is you're left with, oh my gosh, I'm not safe. This is not a safe world to be in. And I'm not worthy of love and I'm not worthy of success. Mm. So some people then quit trying And kind of go on in a failure mode and others try to overcompensate like I did by becoming a perfectionist and a workaholic and so on. Mm -hmm. But basically none of those work because they're just compensation strategies for a deep held false belief that ends up driving my life. (laughs) Right. Sure. Yeah. So another, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to follow up with that. And you, you, Obviously, uh, you're you know you're you're an expert, uh, you know your PhD, all these things. But you do have, as you mentioned, some personal experience. So, how much of your personal experience do you roll into your writing? Oh, 
tons of it. I don't think I could write any of it without my personal experience and the experience of other people that I've worked with. So there's lots of examples and stories to illustrate the ideas in here. And uh, also, you know, you mentioned the research part. There's a very well-known study called ACE, Adverse Childhood Experiences, A-C-E. And it's worth looking up because it lists all these problem behaviors that result, but it's also very hopeful. You know, with therapy and all kinds of um, interventions, we can heal these things. That's why I wrote the book. We are not stuck. (laughs) Yes. And that's probably a a, a good message, too. You know, a lot of people say, well, I've been through so much. Things will never get better. Uh, This is the way I am. And, you know, when you have that kind of an attitude, it's probably a self fulfilling prophecy in a lot of ways. But central to anything regarding uh, mental health, um, the idea that recovery is possible. It may not be the, re- the recovery that you expect or that you would like, but there can be a better life. I think that's the message of hope that gets lost in all of this. Is that correct? Absolutely. And that's really why I wrote both books. There's no reason to suffer. It does take uh, self-honesty. <laughs> And that's the first thing. And we were talking about that before, because if we're, um, whether basically if we're numbing ourselves from our feelings with, you know, shopping, drugs, sex, eating, whatever, so that we always go to something else to make us feel better rather than sitting with what's going on with ourselves and trying to learn from it or joining, you know, a therapy or a group or somehow to learn how to handle our feelings. that is essential because if I don't know what's going on with me, it's pretty yes. hard for me to heal. Now, what I have to say, though, is um, those people who say, well, I'm honest with myself. My mother always did X, Y, and Z, and that's why I have low self-esteem. That is not what we're talking about. That might be a very first initial step. But the question is, and this is the best thing I ever heard at any meeting, because you're right, I have been uh I came from an alcoholic family mm-hmm. I had um alcoholism myself I had crash and burns relationships and so on and when I went to heal one of the things I learned at a 12 step meeting was I'm not to blame for my past and I am responsible for healing it as an mm-hmm. adult so really that hopeful statement is what my books are all about. We yes. can heal, you know. Sure. And that, that that's important because uh, a lot of people feel that, that you know, the things that can never change for them. And uh, just to hear that idea that, you know, recovery is possible uh, is is enough to give people hope. And I, and I hope it does that. Uh, one of the other things that I often hear when it comes to not having an open heart, and here again, the title of the book is Love More Now, Face Life's Challenges with an Open Heart. Um, one of the things that I will often hear people say is, "Never, I'll never do that again. You know, women say that a lot about men. I'm no, I did that once for a man before and I'll never do it again. Um, what? Obviously, that's a destructive attitude because there's a lot of times when you get into a new situation, what happened in the past isn't even relevant. The things that you have your guard up about are never going to be an issue. And in the process, and this is my my lay opinion, uh, layman's opinion, uh, you're going to miss things uh, that could be wrong because you're too busy looking out for what happened before. 
So how, how, how do you clear the slate when you have that kind of, uh, that kind of an attitude? I really think the, the base of it is, again, the self-honesty yeah. that we have to go deeper. It's not just, I'll never do that again. I said that after my first divorce. I said it after the second divorce. You know? <laughs> it wasn't until I got into therapy and I joined with a group of people who were growing out of their old negative patterns and into positive patterns that yeah. I started to change. So what, what happens with... Um, with these patterns, they've spawned whispered lies. And this is a key component in both books. The self-talk that we have so often is negative. So the whispered lie, I'll never be safe. But then we form a pattern of trying to find a man who controls us because we think that will make us safe, right? And then yeah. we feel stifled and we leave. So these fear-based um whispered lies kind of drive us into these negative patterns. And, and I've identified six of those patterns and also some of the major fears that go with those whispered lies. And then talked about different ways of healing those. Um, I should say, remind me to get back into the (laughs) patterns. Okay. But I should say that the healing um, I do believe it requires self-honesty and I, I do believe it joins requires joining with at least one other person with whom you can be honest and who can, you can let them in somewhat. Okay, so a sure. safe, appropriate person. Um, in 12-step programs, we tell people to find a sponsor, but not someone you'd be romantically uh, attracted to. Okay. So we need to join groups that will be uh, growth prompting. Uh, because it's scary to look at ourselves and it's so much easier when we're with other people who say, you know, I've had that belief too. And what I found out was this, or I joined this class on meditation and it really mm-hmm. helped me, blah, blah, blah. So it's not a solo job is the key thing. <laughs> so what are those um, six patterns? Um, okay, so the this is from based on Ernie Larson, who wrote a book in the 80s about stage two recovery. And um, so one of them is the caretaker. So Mm. if I've grown up in an alcoholic family and I'm the oldest kid, I started taking care of everybody else. Okay. I get into being an adult. What do I do? I take care of everybody else but myself. Then I start getting angry. Then I start getting sick. Then I feel upset. And until I kind of uncover that whispered lie that I'm nobody if I'm not taking care of others, yeah. Then we, it's very hard to heal that. So another one is, uh, I'll go through all six if that's okay. A martyr. Sure. Absolutely. You know, this person who says, no matter what I do, it never works. I'm just a failure. You know, and I think a lot of people end up in this place. I certainly did after my divorces. Um, and so it's, you know, the victim role. Yeah. And uh, so whenever anything happens, a martyr is not going to take responsibility, right? They're going to sure. blame it. The perfectionist, this is one I know really well, because that's how I dealt with my whispered lie of I'm not worthy. I worked my ass off to try to be perfect and to achieve. And, you know, so that's how I got my PhD, you know. So the perfectionist, of course, if I make any mistakes, I'm not lovable. Very hard to live with that. Yeah. Uh, The people pleaser. I have to make sure everybody likes me. 
and mm-hmm. I cannot deal with confrontation or conflict because people may not like me. Well, then you end up just being walked all over. And yeah. then another of my favorites, the workaholic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the whispered lie is if I don't work this hard, I'll never be recognized. I'll never be okay. I'll never be safe. Yeah. And then what happens is they prioritize or we do over family, loved ones, etc. Yeah. Never putting that first. So those are all relationship killers because they're resting on uh, some kind of what I call a fake ID that we have created in our childhoods that worked for a while. You know, getting the good grades made me feel good in school. Mm-hmm. So it may worked for a while, but then somewhere they stop working. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Those are yeah. all great, great things. And one of the things that I really like about a book like this is you might find this topic very specifically, very interesting. Here again, the title of the book, Love More Now, Face Life's Challenges with an Open Heart. You may find that type of content very specific to what you're going through. But even if that doesn't pertain to you 100%, there's so many things about the back psychology of this that can help a person grow um, and make you maybe realize why other people act the way they do, why you act yourself the way they do. So um, what do you hope that the reader takes away um, other than the obvious, you know, learning some things about having an open heart? But what would you hope, what would be the best compliment somebody could give you about, you know, reading this book and just, they found the title interesting. Uh, they didn't necessarily have a love issue in their, in their life, but they found it, found it interesting. What would you hope that they take away from the book? They would say, thank you for giving me something that is not over my head, not prescriptive, has a lot of examples, a lot of choices, but shows me a path Mm -hmm. for recognizing what's blocking off my heart from myself and others and helping me open my heart to others and myself. So now I am no longer pretending to be someone I'm not. I love who I am and I can accept people's love for me. I'm having happier relationships because I now don't have those whispered lies keeping me from being honest and open and direct. And the biggest thing is that I don't believe we overcome our self-limiting beliefs and, and patterns without connecting with a very powerful true self that's deep inside of us, that Mm. love, that wise wisdom. Some people call it a higher power um, or a higher self or a true self. It's a source of loving energy and wisdom. And that's why I say life challenges, because we're going to always have challenges. And the question is, how do I have a system for dealing with them? Well, of course, the first thing I do is go into my old pattern, right? We're not saying that never happens. (laughs) We're we're saying that we've become honest enough and practiced enough to say, oh, there I am freaking myself out. Okay, now let's use some tools. You know, am I going to meditate? Am I going to write? Am I, there are so many tools we can use to finally get in touch with the wisdom of myself, my true self. And from there, I will know how to react and respond to this situation. Hmm. You know, every once in a while, when I do an interview like this, I always throw in, throw in a curveball. I'm going to throw you a curveball. 
Okay. Maybe, maybe one that we didn't, uh, you know, in, in a lot of our information that we go through in, in uh, preparing for the interview that we don't uh, don't directly discuss. For all the um, concerns about living in a sex crazed society, there's so much sex in advertising, and uh, you know, there's uh, all these uh, images uh, that are available now uh, in the palm of your hand uh, with so many, you know. Uh, sexualized content uh, type of platforms. For all that talk, most of the studies that I've, I've heard, there's a lot of them, but there's a fair amount of studies that are showing in regard to young people, especially, they are having sex much less often than generations before to a very high degree. Why do you think that is? Wow. I couldn't even guess. <laughs> I I don't, you know, I don't have grandchildren. I don't have children. I couldn't stay married long enough. So I'm so out of touch with that generation. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of the common answers that I hear is uh, porn. And because of the fact that, mm-hmm. especially for men, what used to be plan B and I don't mean to be crude here, but, you know, sure. so you, there, there was a time when, when men went out and they tried to get laid and they didn't get laid. So, all right, they, they went to the porn. Now, plan A, uh, what, what was plan B has now become plan A. It's just easier uh, to get stimulated with porn. Uh, and I think that uh, a lot of times this has done a lot of damage. And I hear again, I'm not, and I'm not in any way preaching. I'm, this isn't coming like from you know, moral values. I think porn has its place just like anything else. But I, I do think the availability of it being so readily available to people whose minds are still developing, I would have to say that that is problematic. But that's my own opinion. I don't have anything to back sure, that up. Sure. But it, it just seems like it makes sense that that is an issue. Yeah. I would say that in general, um, I, I mentioned A Course in Miracles, and that's been an influence on my way of dealing with fear because A Course in Miracles says we're either in any moment choosing a loving, open, non-judging attitude or a fearful attitude. Mm-hmm. And it also says that fear is of the ego and it believes that all we are is our bodies. So this whole body identification and identification with the physical world is having all the goodies that we want. It's all built out of this fearful ego. And I would say growing up and growing into a more open-hearted person involves moving away from that as much as possible into Mm -hmm. serving others, being open-hearted, self-care, loving, compassionate, etc., which is a whole different ball of wax. It's around love and care, and it's not around the body. Our body is just a communication device for sharing love. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good answer. And, and that's probably something that we, we need to concentrate on more is, is the human connection as opposed to the straight sexualities. That, that's, that's a great answer. Again, what, what we are uh, talking about today is Gigi's new book coming out in February, 2023. Love more now face life's challenges with an open heart. Uh, where can people find the book once it becomes available? Oh, I'm so excited. I just uploaded it to Amazon today. So within three days, the print version should be available. And within a week, the ebook. 
And that's very exciting. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, your enthusiasm for this uh, topic certainly comes comes across very well. Where can people find you? Now, let me see here. I do have uh, your website is gglanger.com. And that's G-I-G-I-L-A-N-G-E-R.com. Um, where else can people find you? You're on all the usual places like Twitter yeah. and, yep. Instagram. I've been trying to learn how to make Instagram reels today without oh, much wow. success. Well, you know, <laughs> there's we'll TikTok there. too. There's TikTok too, don't forget, if you're going to oh, do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, can, so all of those. Yeah, you can dual purpose those. And you know what? Mm-hmm. This, this is a topic, quite frankly, that would probably lend itself to TikTok very well or one of those because uh, yeah. relationships is something that I think is universal. Everybody wants to know how to connect with other people. And, uh, you know, this is the type of thing that, uh, you know, people love to talk about and learn more about. So it's a topic that uh, is, is always going to be of high relevance. Uh, are you an active Twitter user? Or just to, to ask yes. your opinion about Twitter, uh, Twitter's going through a lot of changes. For those that may not follow social media, it was uh, bought and sold. Uh, uh, very famous uh, entrepreneur Elon Musk has purchased the platform. Um, what do you feel about the future of Twitter? Do you feel it's going to improve or what do you feel is going to happen? I'm, because of my uh, stance on the world, I am withholding judgment until I see how it all plays out. I'm not a person who's going to say, oh, just because this person did X, therefore the result will be Y. And oh my God, ain't it awful. I really protect myself from having those kinds of reactions to the world because it just takes up space in my brain that could be used for better stuff. (laughs) I would have totally agree with that. I I would say that it's probably going to take at least six months for that to come into focus a little better. I got to tell you, if you're discouraged as a Twitter user, let me just tell you that changes had to come. It was inevitable because that, that platform was not sustainable. Okay. okay. Whether, whether Elon Musk got involved with it or not, that's a very objective truth. You can check into that. That company was bleeding money. And um, I, I believe that the model for, for social media, which is to take the user base, which are basically interacting with the other and use them as a target for advertising. That model has to change. That model has Mm. the basic structure of that has been around since the inception of social media. And it's, it's going to have to go into a different direction. And actually apps like TikTok are taking it that way. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. And there's, there's a lot of controversy around TikTok too, about how invasive that app is into the other aspects of your life. I would say that's a very uh, fair point. It's it's something that you have to keep, you know, keep vigilant on and monitoring. And if you don't feel comfortable, take it off your phone. But I got to tell you, if you're on social media at all, that's that's going to be an issue to some extent. And it, it, it's just one of those sure. things. Yeah, it's just one of the things that you have to deal with if you're going to use those platforms. Okay, well, I got to tell you, um, Gigi, always an interesting. Uh, uh, interview with you. Let me remind the audience one more time. The author is Gigi Langer, PhD. Love more now. Facing life's challenges with an open heart. And uh, you can find that uh, on Amazon. And if you have more questions, more things you would like to learn about Gigi, you can go to gglanger.com. And of course, you can find her on social media. 
Gigi, thank you very much for coming on the program. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for uh, sharing that information with us. Thanks, Billy. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely, Gigi. Thank you for being on. And to the audience, thank you for listening. Just a reminder, you can find me on Twitter. Real easy to find on Twitter at Billy D's. And uh, you can tweet me anytime. Just be nice. That's what I always say. Um, and always, you can find the Billy D's podcast on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it. Uh, we're there. Thank you very much. And we will talk to you again next week. Thanks, Billy. I'm Billy Dees and host of the self-titled podcast, The Billy Dees Podcast. We are primarily an interview and a commentary-based podcast featuring authors and creators talking about their craft, advocates for community issues, and myself and an array of co-hosts discussing current events. There's no partisan ranting and raving going on here, just great content. You can find The Billy Dees Podcast on your favorite platform and on Twitter at Billy Dees. Thank you, and I hope you listen in.